0: Welcome to Big Rich Brock and Friends. Big Rich brings his clean comedy and storytelling to the weekly podcast that is laugh out loud and funny with a side of inspiration. Here is your host, Big Rich Brock. Hi, I'm Big Rich Brock and welcome to Big Rich and Friends podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate you. We're going to have a great time. I'm looking forward to sharing some things with you this week. I'm enjoying doing comedy. I am a former pastor, now comedian. I was a pastor for 25 plus years, and I've been doing comedy right now for about going on 16 months, and I've been very blessed. I have done a dry bar special uh, in Provo, Utah through the dry bar comedy. I was selected for season 12 and had an awesome experience, and I encourage you to look for that on dry bar comedy. I also have my YouTube page at Big Rich Brock Comedy, uh, Facebook, Instagram, even throwing out a TikTok every once in a while. So you can meet, I, I can help you with your comedy needs, Big Rich style. But we have a good time. And I want to talk to you today about some things. You know, being a former pastor, I get asked a lot, uh, how did you get into comedy? Well, I I grew up with a family of storytellers. I'm more of a storyteller. The first comedian that I ever went and and saw in person was a fellow named Jerry Clower. And Jerry Clower, y'all right remember him, that's what he would say. That was one of his phrases, one of his things. And he was a storyteller. He talked about Marcel Ledbetter. He talked about all this stuff growing up in Mississippi. And my father was a big fan. We had eight track tapes. That's how long ago this was. But Jerry Clowers showed up in Chickamauga, Georgia at the local high school auditorium and packed it out. And as a five-year-old child, I sat in my dad's lap because there was no more seats and I was just entertained. And I just was focused on, wow, and this guy, how's he keep all these people's attention? And they're laughing, they're having fun And that is somebody that I remember from day one. A lot of the folks I like in comedy were folks that my father listened to. And I still to this day will watch them on YouTube. I like to check out Don Rickles. That's always fun. Of course, being an 80s teenager, Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor, even though I do clean comedy, I respect all art forms of comedy. Um, Now, I have my style and I have what I prefer to listen to. And I'm not one just to cuss for cussing's sake. I I feel like a lot of times in comedy or anything in life that when you don't have something funny to say, you just swear and people give you a cheap chuckle. And I, I don't go that route. Now, there's times when there's people and I have one or two bits where I have a swear word in it, but it's from when I was a child, something I said or something I did. So I don't focus on that. I focus on telling stories about life, my experiences and things that I believe that are relatable to you, but being a pastor was a big part of my life, and I think about some of the things I went through and experienced. Uh, you know, I've been in over, I've conducted over five thousand church services in my young life. I've preached a hundred and seventy plus funerals and about forty eight weddings. I have the privilege of officiating my oldest son's wedding coming up here in a few months and I'm really excited about it and people ask me oh I bet doing funerals is really hard you know that's not the easiest thing to do I've done the funerals for my father for my mother for uh, my grandparents for aunts uncles I've done funerals for strangers and for family and I would much rather do I don't want to see anybody pass But when it comes to funerals, I'd much rather do a funeral than do a wedding because there's not a woman alive that's looking for a perfect funeral. (laughs) But everybody wants a perfect wedding, and there isn't any such thing. But it is a beautiful occasion, and I look forward to doing that. But, man, being a pastor, some of the things I remember, man, when I was a teenager, I went to a church down the street from us because my neighbor was a Sunday school teacher, and she she invited me. And there were a lot of good-looking teen there's a lot of good-looking girls there. And I was a teenager, and that's what I thought about. So I went and we hung out and I got involved a little bit, but not too much. But I remember we're sitting there in the service one Sunday, and the pastor called up all the little kids and had them sit down at the front, you know, around the altar, and told a little children's sermon story that lasted maybe four or five minutes. And they would do this maybe once a month. They'd do the kids' sermon time. And man, I was like 16 and I wasn't paying no attention, but I remember this somehow. And this was going on, man. The pastor was down there and he's like, you know, we've got to show ourselves friendly. He says, you know, Lance, a little boy was named Lance. He said, Lance, just the other day, I came by your house to say hi to you and your parents, but you weren't home. And little Lance popped up, says, oh yeah, we home, pastor. And, man, the whole church kind of got tickled. They didn't want to laugh out loud, but a few people did. I look over at Lance's parents. They're blood red, and they're sinking in that pew. And the pastor had a good sense of humor. He said, you were? He says, yeah, Daddy said we was playing a game. If you didn't find us, we was playing hide-and-seek. He said, if you didn't find us, Pastor, we were going to go get some ice cream at the Baskin-Robbins. (laughs) And the pastor said, well, Lance, I I like ice cream. I'd have went with you. Daddy said that wasn't part of the game. Whole thing was he didn't want to be seen by the preacher at home. And I remembered that. I thought, man, I ain't never doing those children's sermons when I become a pastor because you're opening up all kinds of stuff when that happens. And then I worked in two mega churches. And if you're not familiar with that, a mega church is a church that has over 1,000 people that attend on a Sunday or whatever day you worship. I don't mean to say they attend, but they show up. And I worked uh, in one in the 1900s and the 1990s in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And then I planted a church in Dalton, Georgia. That was a smaller church, did that for a while. And then I worked in a mega church in New Orleans for a brief period. And the thing I learned about that, man, when I was a uh, associate pastor, one of my roles in that mega church was to go see all the newborn babies. And when your church is a couple thousand people, man, they'd be fruitful and multiply. We had a lot of babies. We'd have 50 babies born every year. So I was at the, at the hospital at least once a week on average seeing a newborn baby. And I'm going to be honest with you. Now your children and your grandchildren are adorable, but not every baby's a pretty baby. Come on, man, there's some ugly babies out there. (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and i had to go visit a few but you know i'm pastor brock back then and i'm I'm gonna be nice now, i'm not gonna lie but i had to be nice so i had to figure out how to do it so i'd walk into the hospital room and there'd be mama holding that baby and Daddy sitting over there in the chair asleep and she'd say oh pastor come look at him i turn around take a look at him and ooh, ooh, "Ooh, man and i couldn't say boy that's an ugly baby there wasn't no way I could say that. So what'd you say, Rich? I said something like, you know, that boy right there, he looks just like his daddy. That boy right there is a spitting image of his grandpa. I'd always find something that I could say that was encouraging. One woman said, oh, my babies, what do you think? What what? How can you describe him? And I said, you know, I'm speechless. I am speechless for once in my life. I'm speechless. and I don't know what to say. And I laugh about that and think about that now. And then I remember I was in a church, you know, I worked in two or three different kinds of churches. But back in the 90s, I worked in the church that was a um, what you would call a charismatic or a spirit filled church. A word of faith church and they would have prayer lines all the time. And these prayer lines were interactive. It wasn't just coming up and doing a silent prayer at the altar. These were the kind where you you'd see on, you know, religious programming at two o'clock in the morning where you've got people lined up a hundred across and you're laying hands on them and people are falling out in the spirit and people are dancing and running and shaking and baking and uh, holy rolling and a little bit in between. And I remember one of those in particular, and I was an usher in the beginning before I was a minister. And then as a associate minister, I was in charge of making sure everything was, you know, work. Nobody got hurt. Everybody had a catcher and the ladies were draped and all that stuff that you did in those churches. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to Google it. I wish I had all the video from when I was a pastor then, because that's what's on Instagram, all the memes and all the stuff they put like, heavy metal music too. And it's a bunch of people dancing around. I said, man, I would fill up my TikTok if I still have that stuff, but I only have one or two of them still, uh, in my, in my library. But I will say this, man, one new year's Eve, we had a guest pastor in and he said, Hey, we're going to do a prayer line. If you're believing God for a, a husband or wife, a spouse, I want you to come up in this prayer line. Man, about that time, I bet 150 women jumped out of their chairs. And then I looked around, and then fellas started moving left and right. Hey, there were three fellas that got up that they were married. We had to make them go sit back down. they trying to upgrade during the prayer line. And the preacher said, I want the women to stand over on this side, and I want the men to stand over the other and start praying. Most of the women closed their eyes, and they lifted their hands to heaven, and they were praying. Most of the men were eyeballing them women over there. They thought it was Match.com or the dating game. They're looking around to see who's over there. And about that time before the preacher started to pray, he said, let's start with the fellas. He come over here to the fellas and said, y'all huddle up around here. There's about 70 of them. And he said, first of all, how many of y'all have a good job or a job? He goes, if you don't have a job, raise your hand. About 15 of them raise their hand. He goes, y'all go sit back down. Y'all can't afford a woman. <laughs> he said, y'all can't afford one. We'll pray for y'all employment here in a few minutes. Then he lined them up, and he started praying for them, and he got to one old boy. He wasn't the most handsome fellow in the church, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and he got to him, and he said, do you have a good job? He said, yes, pastor, I do. He goes, are you believing for a pretty wife? He goes, oh, yes, I'm believing for a beautiful wife. He said, you better go get two jobs. He said, You better go get two because I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be it's gonna take a whole lot of money for you to find you a woman that's gonna call you husband because he wasn't the prettiest thing out there. And I look at that stuff, and man, those kind of things happened in church and they crack me up and it makes me laugh and makes me smile, and I've seen all kinds of stuff. Man, there was a guy that would sit on the front row of this mega church, and when I would preach or I would be up there doing announcements or whatever I was doing. See, I learned how to host comedy by hosting church services. I was your MC at the mega church. Then sometimes I was the feature act. I do the offering and I do the prayer. Other times I was the headliner. I had to preach the sermon and our sermons in those churches were 45 minutes to an hour long. That's why my comedy shows, I do an hour show and don't even think about it because I've been conditioned like that for 25 plus years to be able to do that kind of time and to bring entertainment and comedy and tell stories and have fun. But man, we were in church and I've seen all kinds of stuff. I was up preaching one time and there was this old boy that sat on the front row and I didn't realize he had false teeth, uppers and lowers. How did you figure it out? because it was a warm summer day and the AC hadn't quite kicked in and we had about 1,200 people packed in a room that held about 1,100 and he yawned. And I'm preaching and I'm focused and I'm tearing it up. And all of a sudden I glance at this guy and he yawned and his mouth was wide open and his teeth didn't move. All I saw was two big old sets of gums with a pair of choppers just hanging right there in the middle. And when I did, it startled me. And I said, oh, And what I did, I had to turn that into something spiritual because I didn't want everybody to know that I got caught up looking at that guy's false teeth about to fall out. And uh, everybody said, oh, my, you know, lift your hands and let's praise him for a minute because that's what you do sometimes. When you were preaching in those circles, if you got caught up or tickled or something would happen, they just think the joy of the Lord hit you. It's a whole lot easier. But I also preached and started out in the Baptist church. And in the Baptist church, you might get one amen a quarter. One amen every three months somebody might give you one if you're preaching good. And then the church I worked at in Chattanooga, Tennessee, I'm gonna be honest with you, it was a church if you weren't if you weren't preaching good, you knew it because they were quiet. See this church was half black, half white and they were uh, they would interject. man in those churches and in that church they would tell you things like amen, praise God, preach, preacher, tell your story, and then I heard a guy one time I was preaching up the house, and he said, come on, somebody. He was excited, and he wanted somebody to get on board with him. And lo and behold, when I started doing comedy, that became my catchphrase. That became who I am is, come on, somebody. If I've got something I think's funny or something that you ought to hear, and if you don't laugh, and I say that, you should have laughed, and you'll end up laughing because it's it's funny, and it's a good time. But being a pastor was who I was for a while, or part of my identity. wasn't who I was, but it was a part of what my identity, part of what I did. And now it's a comedian, and it's a storyteller, and it's writing comedy. And I'm right where I'm supposed to be. There's some people out there that would say, oh, no, you're, you know, always a pastor. Once a pastor, always a pastor. Well, I got this for you. You know, I am right where I'm supposed to be, and I'm being I'm being successful. I'm having fun, and I'm helping people. You know, the Bible says laughter is a medicine, so I'm just handing out meds. I'm just handing out scripts all the time, letting people know that the joy of the Lord can be their strength and have some fun with it, but I love people. I love God, and I love people, and Well, most people now religious folks wear me out sometimes, you know, those people that always got something to say about you or be, be negative, or they always think they're better than everybody else. I got news for you. The world we live in, I try my best. If if I'm struggling with somebody, I'm just going to kill them with kindness. And that's the same thing in the comedy world as it is the business world in your home life or wherever you are, try to do your best to be kind to people. And, man, if you show yourself friendly, you're going to have many friends. And that's what I try to do. Is it always easy? No, it ain't always easy. But you know what? Sometimes I've been kind to people. They haven't been kind back. But then another week or two will pass up, go by, and I'll meet somebody that treats me wonderful. And I'm like, you know, maybe that's a seed I sowed back in the a week or two ago or maybe a month ago, maybe five years ago, and now it's coming to pass in my life by somebody else, you know, you never know what's happening. There's always a bigger picture going on. And I just want to encourage you, man. I know we do comedy, but this podcast is comedy and it's got a little hint of inspiration in it. We're going to inspire you every once in a while. I encourage you today to enjoy your life, to uh, enjoy where you're at All of us want to be better people. All of us want more than what we got right now. That's normal. That's okay. But take a minute to rehearse your victories. Man, I have had the privilege of doing over 80 comedy shows in the last 14 months. Sure, I want to do more. Sure, I want to do bigger. I want those things. I believe they're a part of my plan. I'm working for them. But I got to slow down and rehearse my victories. Man, do you remember the story of David and Goliath? David, when he defeated Goliath, before he did that, he had to defeat a bear. He had to defeat a lion. And he rehearsed his victories. He reminded himself of what he had already accomplished when he faced a bigger task. Man, when I started preaching on TV, I was preaching on one little old TV network that just covered my little local area. Next thing you know, I'm on the WB network out of Chattanooga. Next thing you know, I'm doing uh, religious programming that's going across the southeast. And I grew into that. But I reminded myself, if I ever felt overwhelmed or felt like I wasn't good enough, I'd say, but look what I've already done. And look what I've already achieved. Same thing right now with comedy and with this podcast. Man, you everybody does a podcast. Everybody can do one. But I believe I've got something to say that will be an encouragement to you, and we'll have a lot of fun while we're doing it. And also, I want to invite you to my shows and let you come out and see Big Rich and be a part of what we're doing. Big Rich and Friends isn't just a podcast. It's a way of life. It's in my comedy shows that I'm doing. And I've got shows coming up. If you'll visit my website, you can go to bigrichbrockcomedy.com, and you can find out things about me. You can see my schedule. You can visit my YouTube page, Instagram, and go ahead and like my Facebook page. All of them are at Big Rich Brock Comedy. You follow Big Rich Brock Comedy, I'm going to keep you entertained. You can see what we got going on, and I thank you in advance because I know you could spend your time doing a lot of things, going to and from work or at your desk or sitting around the house, maybe out by the pool even. And you chose to listen to this podcast, and I thank you. I look forward to spending more time with you next week. Check out a comedy show that I'm bringing to you very soon, and check me out on Dry Bar. This is Big Rich Brock with Big Rich Brock Comedy. Have a blessed day and enjoy life. You've been listening to another episode of Big Rich Brock and Friends. For more information and past shows, go to our website, bigrichbrockcomedy.com. Thank you for listening.